Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks higher as we move into the final hour of trading. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all rebounding from yesterday's sell-off. And this update is brought to you by Upside. The smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. Save money and get a free gift card every trip. Use code BUSINESS and you guaranteed at least a $100 gift card your first time using Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. So stocks are rebounding from the worst sell-off of the year. The dollar is strengthening as data reinforces optimism in the U.S. economy, even as political events continue to royal Washington. Katie Stockton is chief technical analyst at BTIG. She was interviewed this morning on Bloomberg Television. I watched the market internal measures. So those are things like volume and breath and leadership and sentiment to reach oversold extremes to suggest that we have a buying opportunity at hand. We did not get any of those oversold extremes yesterday, but we're getting closer, probably a couple more days, and we'll start to see them. So we look for that, and then we look for an uptick in momentum. The U.S. labor market continues to show signs of tightening with unemployment claims declining for the third straight week. Benefit rolls matching the lowest level since 1973. Labor Department said claims fell by 4,000 to 232,000. The tenure down 230 seconds uh, with the, the yield there of 2.23%. S&P on pace for the best day in three weeks, up 13 now, a gain of six-tenths of 1%. Gold down $11 the ounce, 12 47 down nine tenths of one percent. Crude oil up five tenths of one percent, up 25 cents a barrel to 49.32. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Charlie Pellet, thank you very much with that update. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets right here on Bloomberg Radio. Black Dave, I know what you're talking about uh, here. Kind of an homage to an unfortunate, uh, some unfortunate news we got a little bit earlier uh, today and overnight. Dave Wilson, Stocks Editor of Bloomberg News, here with his chart of the day. And, of course, you're talking about... The passing of Chris Cornell, mm-hmm. the lead singer and guitarist for Soundgarden. Played a show in Detroit last night and then was found hanging in his hotel room afterward. A sad story. That's for sure. Yeah, and from a absolutely. band that uh, managed to get back together a few years ago after uh, some time apart, uh, came out with an album, was working on another one. I mean, it's just a, a sad story all around. I'd like to think that I could come mm-hmm. up with something clever to lead that into my chart, but I'll let that stand as it is right. and just talk about uh, volatility because, you know, it seems to be kind of front and center after yesterday's uh, decline that we saw in the S&P 500. And I think people made a, a lot of it simply because you hadn't had many days like that this year. In fact, you run the numbers, you see it's only the fourth day that the S&P 500 either rose or fell more than 1%. What the chart does is try to put that into context, looking back to 2009 when the current bull market began. And when you do that, that four ups or downs of 1% or more, that compares with a minimum. And we're not even talking an average here. We're talking a minimum of 38 which was uh, reached in 2013 and again in 2014. In fact, you had four moves minimum of at least 2% 
for the S&P 500. And so, there hasn't so been any this year. Right. So it's like, been, in terms of the volatility and the big swings, we really haven't seen that. Exactly. And that's the point. So, you know, if you're looking ahead and, and wondering, are we going to have to deal with a whole lot more days like yesterday, you know, the law of averages, or at least the recent history, would tell you the answer is yes. And, of course, it can work in both directions. Uh, as far as this year goes, we've had two up days of more than 1% and two down days, uh, with yesterday being the second. So, you know, you put that all together, and it just kind of shows you that uh, you can expect more of the same or perhaps different if you're talking about stocks rising as opposed to falling. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it, and everything I do going forward, the email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. Yeah, you also, with, with, the, with the move in volatility, too, you see volatility is still high. You know, I was thinking of, about the VIX this morning when I was when we were doing our morning meeting around the Bloomberg Technology Television Show, and I was thinking, uh, we better have somebody available to do, to talk politics, because, you know, two of the, in a, two of the last three days, we've had huge news break in the, in the, you know, the hour after the market closes. Uh, market moving news, yes, but big political news. We need to be ready for this kind of, and maybe the VIX, elevated VIX is an acknowledgement of that, that something is going to happen that's going to move the market, uh, because it has been so much in the last few days. And naturally today the VIX is settling down. It's actually down 1.13 as we speak at 14.46, and that's after an almost five point jump yesterday. So, bit of a reversal there for sure. Hey, let's bring in Felipe Hernandez, a Latin American economist with Bloomberg Intelligence, our in-house group. Of analysts, a lot of news coming out of uh, Latin America today, and we just had a headline about 60 minutes ago, uh, Felipe, that talked about uh, the Mexican central bank unexpectedly raising its key interest rate for a sixth straight meeting after inflation accelerated to almost double policymakers' targets. We saw that overnight uh, lending rate to six and three quarters percent to from six and a half percent. Yeah, uh, we saw the, the market, uh, the central bank hiking interest rates again. They have been consistently been uh, increasing interest rates for the last uh, six meetings. Uh, the market consensus, although the majority of analysts were expecting the central bank to keep interest rates unchanged, uh, there were a few that were expecting the central bank to hike, so this was not a complete surprise. The decision does They've been show, pretty aggressive, though, as a central bank. Yeah, absolutely. The decision does show that the central bank remains in these uh, very cautious uh, bias that they have had for a while, that they remain strongly committed to uh, gaining market credibility and anchoring inflation and inflation expectations. So definitely uh, a clear signal and strong signal from the central bank regarding uh, uh, their commitment to bring inflation inflation down or to just basically to make sure that the high inflation that we have now, as you mentioned, is just going to be transitory and that the uh, pass-through from currency accumulated currency depreciation in the last uh, 18 months Mm -hmm. and uh, the one-time shock from the sharp increase in domestic fuel prices at the beginning of this year. And this is a big part of what's going on in terms of Mexican inflation, right? It's running about double, I think, the rate of the Mexican central bank, but energy prices. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there are basically two main reasons why inflation is running so high in, in Mexico. One is passed through from peso depreciation that we had during 2015 and 2016. And the second one is an increase of almost 20% that we saw in January on domestic fuel prices. 
So the central bank wants to make sure there's no evidence of demand-driven pressure on prices, which is what the central bank is more concerned about. But these supply shocks and the pass-through, the central bank also wants to make sure that uh, there's no pass there's no uh, spillover to other prices yeah. and, and inflation expectations. And how, and how many money managers, Carol, who we talked to are looking at Mexico and looking mm-hmm. for an opportunity in that trade? And, and you're certainly not seeing it pay off on the currency front, but uh, obviously the economic situation there is, is strong, which is why the government is doing this. Yeah, in terms of the economic situation, there's been uh, some positive surprises as uh, despite all of the – uh, protectionist rhetoric from the, the U.S. There's still no evidence. We don't yet quite see the wall. <laughs> exactly. So there's no evidence of, of exports being hurt by any of these. Felipe, we've got to talk about Brazil because uh, we saw Brazil shares plunge. Uh, another round of political turmoil uh, for the Brazilian government. What do investors need to understand about what's happening in Brazil right now? Yeah, well, when U.S. investors uh, start to worry about what's happening here, they just have to look uh, south and feel much better. And uh, you see this in Brazil very clearly, uh, allegations being raised against uh, President Temer about uh, potential obstruction of justice. And for investors, this is important because it uh, raises his concerns about the outlook for the reform agenda that President was Tem- that President Temer was trying to push through Congress. Uh, and uh, as uncertainty about this starts to increase, you also start having uh, uh, questions about what will happen with inflation and monetary policy in, in, uh, in uh, Brazil. That was uh, one of the reasons why people were thinking that uh, one of the reasons why the economy is finally starting to get out of the – it looks like it's going to start getting out of the recession. And it does look like uh, Brazil having a hard time getting away from the corruption scandals uh, in its government. Uh, Felipe Hernandez, thank you very much. Latin America economist with Bloomberg Intelligence, our in-house group of analysts, along with Dave Wilson, our stocks editor at Bloomberg News. He'll be back a little bit later on with his stock of the day. Carol Master, Corey Johnson on Bloomberg. This is Nathan Hager right now with a look at world and national headlines. He's in our nation's capital in our 99.1 studios. Thanks, Corey. The appointment of former FBI Director Robert Mueller as special counsel in the Russia investigation is getting bipartisan praise from just about everyone except President Trump. He tweeted this morning, the probe is the single greatest witch hunt in American history. The president's reaction to it is actually ridiculous. Former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. He is demeaning something that could, in fact help solve a lot of situations, and I think it's just typical of his approach. Republicans on Capitol Hill hope the appointment gets their legislative agenda back on track. Iranians head to the polls tomorrow in a presidential race pitting moderate incumbent Hassan Rouhani against an Ayatollah-backed hardliner. Bloomberg's Irv Chapman reports. Rouhani is regarded as a front-runner, though the lifting of some international sanctions has not lifted the economy or reduced unemployment much. And says Suzanne Maloney of the Brookings Institution, a lot depends on whether the Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khamenei and his cohort want a conciliator with the West or one of their own hardliners, Ibrahim Raisi. Raisi has this incredibly bloody record of a hanging prosecutor and some of the worst torture and abuse of Iranian dissidents in Iranian prisons. Raisi is also seen as a potential future Supreme Ayatollah. Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio, Washington. And Republican Congressman Jason Chaffetz just made it official in a statement. He says he will resign from Congress at the end of next month. He does not mention his oversight committee's investigation into Trump team ties to Russia or his future plans. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.